I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. Greg Allman is my guest today. He covers the Bucks for The Athletic. Greg, I know you're a busy man this week. Thanks for giving us some time today. Hey, no problem. Glad to be on. Hope you're doing well. I am. Thank you. Well, Greg, it feels like this Tom Brady experiment was the closest thing that the NFL got to LeBron James type activity where people really wanted to be a part of what was going on there. Has it developed, lived up to what they were hoping for when they signed Tom Brady? You know, I think so. Um, you know, I think they've, they've probably exceeded most expectations. There certainly were people that thought they would be a division champ, uh, better than the Saints, and they fell short of that. But, yeah, I mean, 11 wins is one off the most in team history. This is the highest scoring team in Bucks history. Uh, Tom Brady at, at 43 has set all kinds of offensive records here. Obviously, the success of this team, and especially for Tom Brady, I think his success is always measured in, in postseason success. So that's where you can really appreciate uh, how well this went. You know, I mean, Tom Brady's history isn't making the playoffs and, and going one and done or, or maybe one win. Uh, so that's that's pretty high standards, but it's what they'll, they'll try and live up to here in the next couple of weeks. What has the coaching staff said that he, the difference with him on the roster, I mean, essentially him and Gronk and the rookie tackle are about the only major additions, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, I mean, Antonio Brown's an addition as well, but I'll, yeah, that, that's about it, really. Um, I think what they knew going in, I think they had a, a good playmaker last year in Jameis Winston. He led the NFL in, in passing yards, set a team record for passing touchdowns, but he also had 30 interceptions, 35 turnovers. And I think the hope was that Brady could significantly lower that number, and they have. Uh, as a team, they've gone from 41 turnovers to 17, which is the single biggest drop for any NFL team in, I think, 29 years. Um, and I think he's still been able to make plays at a high level. Um, you know, 40 touchdown passes is easily the most in team history. And uh, I think the defense has certainly picked up as well, probably benefited a little bit from less turnovers and less short fields that way. So all around, I think, I think you know, he's also changed a little bit of the culture and the mentality here. You know, you got a Bucks team that hasn't been in the playoffs in 13 years, and you have, you know, in Brady and Gronkowski, two guys who have known nothing but postseason success and division titles and and sustained high level success. So I, we kind of wondered which would bleed off into the other, and I think it, it's certainly been in the positive way so far. Uh, it's probably nitpicking, but uh, who gets credit for the offense and what they've used? Is this still a Bruce Arians offense, or has he totally redesigned the offense for what Tom Brady does best? No, I think it's still very much a Bruce Arians offense. Um, you know, I think some of the things that were hallmarks of what Brady did in New England with a lot of throws to the running backs, uh, even the tight ends, ha haven't been as prominent here. And that, that's something, a function of the talent they have. They just don't have a lot of good pass-catching backs here. But I think uh, definitely more downfield passing than Brady's been used to. I think this is the most uh, big plays and downfield passing that he's had in his career. You know, you go back and in 20 years in new england the only year he had that's really statistically superior to this 
is that crazy 07 year where he went for 50 touchdowns. Um, you know, to have 40 touchdowns this year is the second most in his career. He's had more yards in other years, uh, but on a like a yards per attempt type thing, this is a really good year for him, especially when you get back to the fact that he's 43 years old and having, you know, you would argue the best season by anybody older than about 38 or 39 by most standards. That 07 was the most year? Yeah, 07 was Moss, 50 touchdowns. You know, he had a really good 2011 as well when he had Gronkowski had like 17 touchdowns that year. He threw 39 touchdowns that year. Uh, but, yeah, his best year is always going to be 07 with, with 50 touchdowns. Uh, and so outside of that, I mean, this certainly is the most amount of weapons he's had in his career. Yeah, definitely. His buck offense is loaded, right? Right. I mean, he came in and had two Pro Bowl receivers in Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, you know, added Gronkowski, who, you know, he had easily the best connection with of any of his teammates in New England. And then Antonio Brown has been a nice addition here, had four touchdowns in the last three games, has really just started to click as another receiving option and one that would be all the more important if Mike Evans is limited with his knee injury. Uh, what is what is the deal with that? I mean, I know they said yesterday was a walkthrough uh, and that he wouldn't have participated. I know it's early in the week. All signs sound like he's going to give it a go. Is that because it's a playoff game where the knee is, is okay? Yeah, I mean, I think that the MRI showed nothing structurally uh, damaged to where, you know, it's probably more of a pain and functionality issue. I think they'll they'll give it a go Thursday in practice. That's their last practice before they head up to D.C., um, and if all goes well there, I mean, Mike's a really tough guy. He pushes through a lot, has all season. Um, so, I mean, Bruce made the comment that even if Mike were at 80 uh, percent, that's better than a lot of receivers at 100 percent. So, you know, Mike Evans has been in the, the league seven years waiting for a, a chance to play in a playoff game. So I think if he can, I think he's a guy that's going to push through and try and, and make it work on Saturday. He's been on an in incredible tear. I uh, the number misses me now, but I saw uh, your mention on Twitter the other day about the streak of thousand yard games he's put together. Just and amazing. Yeah, no, I mean, he's the, the only player in NFL history to open their NFL career with seven 1,000 yard seasons. Uh, Randy Moss had done it six times, and uh, now he's got the record all to himself. Um, you know, he's had, he set the Bucks touchdown record with 12 his rookie year, and, and matched that again two years later and then broke that record this year with 13. So he has basically the three best receiving seasons in Bucks history already to his credit. Uh, no Devin White on Saturday? No, he won't be able to come back. It's like he, the NFL right now has a 10-day quarantine window. Um, and had it been a Sunday game, had they been scheduled on the second day of the wildcard weekend, um, he could have come back. Even that would have been kind of flying on his own and meeting the team on game day, having no practice at all. Uh, but I think they probably would have taken that. I mean, he's a, a guy that, you know, his his speed shows up in, on game day, um, and they'll miss that. I mean, they've got to get him Kevin Minter, who's a vet, who's played in this defense for a long time, had nine tackles on Sunday against Atlanta, filling in. He's just not nearly as quick as Devin White is. They used Devin as a blitzer. He had nine sacks. Uh, so that's definitely something they're missing. They've, the guys around him in terms of, you know, Levante David has to step up at inside linebacker, and then the outside linebackers have to do a better job of getting to Alex Smith on their own. Todd Bowles is starting to get more head coach interviews, I, I think, I saw. 
Uh, what's the plan there? I know, I know there's a game on Saturday, um, but as defensive coordinators go, he's fantastic. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, all the interviews this year are virtual, so it's not like you have to fly somewhere and, and miss a half a day or something getting in an interview. So I'm sure it's just uh, shoehorning two hours into his schedule some point here this week or next week. You know, Bowles has been, uh, you know, a guy that's known Bruce Arians since Bowles played for him at Temple 35 years ago. So long history there. Um, Bruce very much treats him like a, a head coach on defense, just has very much autonomy. Uh, to run things on that side of the ball, and they're much improved. This is a top-10 defense by most metrics this year. Uh, two years ago, they were bottom five in the NFL. So in takeaways, in sacks, in yards allowed, uh, there's definitely a little bit of a question mark in terms of their pass defense, um, probably giving up too many yards there. But by all others, this is a, a much-improved Bucks defense that will go to Washington on Saturday. Uh, if Washington has any plans on winning this game, they'll have to get to Brady and pressure him. Uh, but that Bucks offensive line has been really good this year. Uh, the rookie in particular, what stands out to you most about how great that offensive line? I know all things work together, but is that the players on the offensive line or a product of Brady getting them in and out quickly? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it definitely helps having Brady be in as, as sharp as he is, knowing when to get rid of the ball and get rid of it quickly. Um, they gave up 47 sacks last year when Winston was the quarterback, and they've cut that more than in half. Um, and they kind of needed it. I mean, that was a question mark entering the year. I don't. I think everybody recognized the importance of protecting a 43-year-old quarterback and not exposing him to too many hits. I think they've been even better with that in the last you know, four or five games. They lost their guard, Ali Marpet for three games to a concussion in the middle of the year and, and weren't nearly as good then. Um, they lost their left tackle for one game at 1.2. So they're back. They're healthy. You mentioned Tristan Wirfs, their right tackle, who's who's making all the all-rookie teams. Uh, very, very impressive as a first-year guy who played every single snap on offense this season. Washington gave up their second-round pick this year to take Montez Sweat last year, which means they missed out on in uh, Winfield. And I was sad about that because I think he's great and he's been really good for you guys this year. How has he been able to get in and make such an impact so quickly? Yeah, I mean, Winfield's another guy that came in. I think he played the most snaps of any defensive rookie in the NFL this year. Just a starter from day one, a guy they've used a couple different ways. They can blitz him. He's had sacks. He's had interceptions, had a forced fumble Sunday. Um, you know, does a little bit of everything. Probably not as good right now in coverage as he is in run support and blitzing. A little undersized, but just has a nose for the ball and, and continues to be really sharp. You know, they they beat the Giants on a, a last-second uh, stop on a two-point conversion where he made a play. He, he's come up really big for them. Um, and, and, again, I think they're, they're very excited about him long-term. It's just a, a really good find there in the second round. Uh, if Ronald Jones is healthy, will it be him? Who's Who starts it tailback between him and Fournette, or is it a committee-type deal? I would think it's Jones this week. You know, he was coming back this Sunday. They started Fournette. Jones ended up getting the, the larger share of the carries. Uh, Ronald Jones has a, a broken pinky finger on his left hand, and they've outfitted him with a special glove that basically – pins the fourth and fifth fingers not pins but but folds them in kind of like you only got three fingers sticking out in the glove um 
and that worked pretty well. He had like six yards to carry against the Falcons. I don't know if he'll need that again this week, but, I mean, he's continuing to recover from that. Uh, they love Ronald Jones. He was almost a 1,000-year back. Would have been that had he not missed two games with the finger and being on COVID reserve in, in weeks 15 and 16. So, no, they like him a lot. Um, they'll use Fournette as a pass-catching back. They've got LaShawn McCoy. Um, he missed the game, kind of isolating with some COVID concerns this past week. But I think he should be back as well. Uh, not a very overwhelming run game, but but when it's gone well, they've leaned on it and, and gotten some good balance. Greg, who will uh, be tasked with stopping Terry McLaurin? Do they, will they um, keep one man on him and travel? How does that defense work? They've had different approaches this season. Their, their top corners, a guy named Carlton Davis, who has missed the last two games with a groin injury. Um, so I think some of their strategy will hinge on how well he's able to practice and, and feel close to 100% uh, going into this game. They've got another outside corner named Jamel Dean. They like a lot. He's a bigger guy, has some size. Um, their nickel is a kid named Sean Murphy Bunting, um, who had a, a big force fumble in the Falcons' win. Um, got a strip and recovered against Calvin Ridley. So they got three different corners. I would think it's a combination of all three, honestly. Um, the, the injury concerns have made it a little bit more nebulous who the number one corner is and who they'll they'll put on the best player. Carlton Davis was the Auburn product? Yeah, yeah, he's a third-year player out of Auburn. Uh, had four picks, yeah. all of them early this year. Uh, did a really good job. I mean, he shut down some really good receivers, did it against DeAndre Hopkins last year, uh, did it early this year. Um, they've been a little bit more porous defensively. I mean, if you look at the second half of the season, there's a lot of games where number one receivers have been able to, to get catches. Ridley had went for 163 and a score in week 15. Uh, Cooper Cup had a big day when the Rams played. Tyreek Hill had 200 yards in the first quarter against Carlton Davis and this defense when the Chiefs were here. Um, so they've had, again, kind of spotty success here and there, but also some, some times where they've let number one receivers look like number one receivers. Now, Greg, will you travel with the team to Washington or no? I'm actually not. We've got, we'll have three writers uh, from our DC coverage that'll already be there. So I'm just going to watch from home. It's one of those where with all, the only access being via Zoom, there's not necessarily as much value to being there in person. It's unfortunate. I'd like to be there, but uh, I'll basically have the same access uh, from home as I would at the stadium. Uh, how long have you been covering the team? I'm trying. I, I, I asked that because it, it's been quite a while since Tampa's been in the playoffs, right? Yeah, yeah. I've covered them full time. This is my eighth year. I've covered them full time since thirteen, but did a lot of coverage going back to even when they were making their playoff runs there, ninety nine to 02. Covered them the whole postseason. They went to the Super Bowl in 02. So yeah, a long time coming. Absolutely, thirteen years since their last playoff game. 17 years since their last playoff win. So something the people here in Tampa have been looking forward to and, and waiting for for a long time. Greg Allman covers the team, the Bucks for The Athletic, and we appreciate him giving us time today. Enjoy the game on Saturday. And we appreciate the time today. Oh, no. Thanks very much for having me. You too. Enjoy the game. Take care. Thanks, Rose.